Hello and welcome to It's In The Genes podcast, a podcast by The Digital Gene. My name is Declan. And I'm Sharon. And we're a mum and son duo and directors from The Digital Gene. Today we will be discussing, there's loads, um, so it's whether we get through it all, but mum's had a vaccine, the census, the Caroline Flack documentary, new trends in online shopping. Um, we're going to touch about, about digital fashion that we talked about in the last episode and the Microsoft Exchange email hack, which is really techy for us. So I'm not sure we'll be that the greatest. When we talk. say we talk about digital and tech. Well, we do. We do. But I just found it quite interesting. most important thing is that you had your vaccine i did where are we now thursday can't I still can't get the days right in this whole lockdown scenario situation um yeah i had it on saturday evening early evening um it's like a conveyor belt how how quick they, they're just so good at it they're just so good at it the minute you get somebody like the nhs you know putting something together like that just shows how invaluable they are. I mean, we all know they're invaluable, but seeing them work and operate at the scale that they have been, I I felt quite tearful afterwards. Tearful Mm. in like a proud way that we in this country have that available to us. Um, You know, just thought it was amazing. Um, I've had a little bit of symptoms. I've actually had a few people message me on Instagram and say, oh, they're still wondering whether they should have it or not. And I was like, well, only you can make that decision, but... Why, though? Um, just a bit anti-vaccine, sort of. Um, but anyway, I had mine. If anybody should be anti-vaccine, it's me. Not that I had a vaccine problem, but um, we know that I had a serious reaction in 2009 to um, some flu medication called Tamiflu, just for context, don't we, that put me in hospital and was very poorly for quite a while. Um, So, yeah, if anybody should be anti anything to do with flu, it would be me. But I actually found I was fine. My arm was a little bit sore. I think my other arm at the top of it came out in a bit of sympathy, feeling like I'd had it in there as well. I had sore collarbones and felt a bit tired, just, just like a little bit how you would feel if you're coming down with the cold. A cold or the flu, um, and probably or a felt, bit hungover. I wouldn't say hungover. I've forgotten what that feels like anywhere. Um, and I would say probably like it Monday, Tuesday, and then that was it. Your dad had his on um, Sunday morning. I took him for his, and he probably felt the same. And that that's it. So just, you've got it. Just feel really happy that you know the first one's done and dusted. Um. And yeah, on the way, on the way to freedom. Is your next one booked in, or do they just um, get? Yeah, the, the, our GP contacts us via text. They said. I hope the news this week about there being a supply shortage. I hope people end up being able to get their second doses. Imagine. Do you know it was funny though? I was one of those like I had Astra, AstraZeneca jab. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know whether people I don't know whether it was just in the early days that people would just been asked to sit for the 15 minutes or whether it was depending which vaccine it was no it's the the, the Pfizer the the and the Moderna vaccines which are mRNA vaccines they use something that quite a lot of people have allergic reactions to so that's why you sit and for 15 oh. minutes the, the Oxford one you well just I'm special I had to sit for 15 minutes why? Because obviously, because of my problems all over my notes about the Tamiflu. Um, so, yeah, put me, little, put me in a little side room. And your dad was obviously outside in the car park waiting for me. And he kept saying, he said, I was literally seeing a person go in. And it was like they must have walked down a corridor and came out the opposite door. He said, and then I was thinking, where's Sharon? Where's Sharon? And obviously, and I'd forgotten to take my phone with me. I was going to say, did you not just message him? <laughs> I forgot to take my phone with me. 
which which is very unlike me. But oh, yeah. you'll have been fretting like no tomorrow. Well, I was fretting sat there as well. I was like, you'd be thinking, where is she? Where, has she come out? Has she gone somewhere? I'd done a runner. Um, oh. Yeah. So I, I had to I had to sit in a special place, and they kept coming into me and checking on me. Was I okay? Um, oh, well, that's good though, isn't it? It is, yeah. Yeah, I, I sat there waiting for something to happen. I was like, oh, what's going to happen? But no. My vaccine, I remember because I had the Pfizer one, I had to sit for 15 minutes um, and I felt like, do you feel like something's go- going to happen? I think that's only natural, isn't it? Psychological. You just sat yeah. there, you're like, right, how are them? When's this anaphylactic shock kicking in then? Then you're like, I was like, oh, is my throat getting a bit... Oh, well, they'd written all that. They'd written all of that across, like in big letters, across my piece of paper that I took in to the nurse who was going to be doing it. Anaphylactic Tamiflu. And I was like, oh god, it was make those were like seeing that on the sheet of paper was making me want to do a runner out of the other door. You had an anaphylactic shock from Tamiflu, though. You had a reaction, but I wouldn't say it was. A, I, I don't know. even. Is anaphylactic where you can't breathe? It's like where you. You need, and you need um, adrenaline. Yeah, no, I didn't have that. I had, no. a, had a horrible reaction, but I didn't have that. Yeah. Well, that we're on our way, but it looks like there's... I keep thinking there's going to be vaccine wars after everything that's gone on this week, but it looks like things are... Well, well I just think the world's crazy. And then I remember, was it Sunday morning? Or, or it might have even been Saturday evening. I think it was... I don't know whether it was your, your dad or it was grandma saying about the volcano erupting in Iceland. Haven't you seen it? I was saying, just when there's some small window of opportunity to say flames, planes might be able to fly again, that volcano erupts again and takes the world down like that. I was like, is nature trying to tell us all something? Well, what about that boat in the Suez Canal as well? That's like blocking everything. Blocking your sofa from getting from China. I haven't got a sofa coming, thank you. Or I've had a nightmare with my bed. Yeah. Well, that's the kind of thing, because they come on those long boats, don't they? It is. We've just ordered some shutters, and the guy said, oh, 10 to 16 weeks, unless they get stuck in the Suez Canal. <laughs> I was like, well, that's that's on point, isn't it? He obviously watches the news. Oh, my God, that's my... Yeah, because apparently they can either wait it out for a few days in the Red Sea and see if yeah. it's going to open up. Or some of them might choose to turn around. I mean, imagine this adding to your journey and going all the way around Africa. And I just thought, it's mad, really. Well, I felt that's as if what my bed did anyway, even before that blockage. <laughs> yeah, I just went around the world a few times. You off the bed at the beginning of November and it came last week and it came with the wrong legs. It was meant to be a custom order and it came with the wrong legs. That's so disappointing, like, to wait that long and get it and to open the box and it'd be wrong. <laughs> and the second more legs and the second lot of legs are wrong. I don't think Maid will be sponsoring us, will they, after this? I think so. And now they've been in touch with me and offered a partial refund if we want to keep those legs. And I don't really want the light-coloured legs because they don't go with my bedroom. Um, so your dad's now saying, oh, we'll have the partial refund and I'll paint them. <laughs> and then the, the other option is to make us another custom bed. Get this. Make another custom bed, which will take 10 to 16 weeks. Oh, my God. Um, in the meantime, we can use the bed that we've got. So I said to your dad, well, I should think so. Use the yeah, bed. What's the difference, though? Because all you're doing is changing the legs. Why would they make you a brand new bed? Isn't it? Isn't it crazy how their setup is that they can't get any more legs, the correct legs, without making another bed? How crazy is that? I'll just paint them. Um, but so I thought of a scenario. I mean, I know we're going off tangent here, but you know, it, talk, it talks about e-commerce, the supply chain, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I thought. Well, say if I did, I mean, I'm never, I'm not, the option is not to say I want another bed. What a waste. What a waste. I know, that was a waste. So we sleep on this bed for however many weeks again, and then we've got to dismantle that bed. Another bed comes. 
got to put that bed together. What, what they're going to say we do with this bed? How many beds can we have in? Oh, yeah. So your dad is saying, well, I'll paint them, just get some money back. Yeah. It's so deflating, though, when we waited such a long time as it is, that it's meant to be a custom order and they haven't been able to get the custom order correct. Yeah. So when I paid for the shutters this morning, I said, "Do not. De- this is a custom order. Do not dare get it wrong. Mm. So well, they'll be warned. They'll be warned there. Oh. And what have I been up to, Mum? Yeah, what about you? What have you been up to? I'm asking you what have I been oh, up to. I thought to? you might want to say it. What have I been up to, Mum? You've moved. I've moved, yeah. yeah. An experience I've... I hate doing, hate it. Oh, yours was tame. No, I know exactly, but I hate it. I hate the thought of doing it with sofas and beds as well is just hell. Oh, oh look how God. cute and lovely your new place is. I know it is lovely, but our our flat is the furthest it could be away from the lift as well. So when you got out the lift, you were doing like this walk as if you had piles. Oh. Like, like walking with your heavy bags, you think you were going to drop them to get to the door. Why do you need to walk like that? Well, you know, like when you walk fast because you think you're going to drop something, and it looks like you you might you're holding something in. <laughs> you know what I'm talking. I don't need to describe it anymore. Well, I think you're digging yourself a deep hole. Like, no, I don't ever think I'm holding something in when I walk fast. <laughs> Just like. I'd get halfway down the corridor, you'd be like, oh. For the listeners, he's doing actions now. You're like, oh, it's going to go, it's going to, like, you're going to drop it. You just feel it as if it's just going to, oh, it's got worse. This analogy's got worse than it had to. It's not a great but, one, Dex, I must say. But, yeah, I've moved. Um, next phase of my life. Um, my life. Moved in with somebody who. I, admit, I don't like the great big salt pot behind you that I'm seeing. Yeah, I know, I don't quite like that. But we have decided, and I did mention it in the last episode, that um, we are going to be recording these podcasts where you can see us, um, and we're going to put it on the Digital Jeans YouTube channel. um, Once I get my hair cut. That's the thing. So I wanted to start today, seeing as though I've got nice new backgrounds because I've got a bookshelf I could could sit in front of. But Sharon put... um, Sharon, I've Sharon. vetoed it. Yeah, mum vetoed it. She said she's not doing it till her hair. So hopefully in April at some point, you'll be able to watch these online. Oh, my hair is just... Yeah. Yeah. We're all in the same boat, but I've got mine booked for the 12th, but I'm actually going to get my flatmate, Jack, to try and sort it out a bit this weekend because it's just getting a bit ridiculous. So... Shall we move on then? We should. Oh, that's the only other thing I wanted to say what we were up to, which was a highlight of my week, which, drum roll please. So me and mum are both huge Housewives fans. How <laughs> many um, years have we been Housewives fans? I must have watched it since I was a, early, in my early teenage years, some of them. Orange County's been on for 15 years, so... But Real Housewives of New York trailer got released and it's my favourite franchise <laughs> and I just love it so much and I cannot wait for it to be back. No, you said it's the beginning of May, didn't you? Yeah, they're just bonkers. They don't care that the cameras are there and it's just such good television. Like, mm. And have you noticed how they've brought a new housewife in with a bit who will have a bit of a different story because... She's black, so there'll be, you know, it's good to see a bit of diversity coming into these shows because quite traditionally it's always been kind of middle class. Yeah, what it serves to do, though, is is show how um, opinionated and what's the word? It, when I, I think it happened on one of the other franchises where a black woman came in to be one of the housewives. Mm. And it just shows how privileged and opinionated the white cast members generally are. Um, yeah. 
I think it was the is the is the one going on with the housewives of <laughs> Well Garcel went into Beverly oh, Hills. Brand, not Brandy. Is it a Brandy? In Dallas. Dallas. Yeah, she's she's um Chinese, that that housewife, isn't she? Hmm. Yeah. So it's just really sort of it it's highlighted, you know, just sort of how privileged they all are. Yeah. By by, you know, somebody from a different cultural background has come in. Um but it's interesting, definitely interesting. Even if it's even if it's crazy, there are undertones of things that are going on in society amongst them all. But it just makes me laugh. It doesn't matter how much you've got, how much money you've got, how many Gucci bags. You're everybody's the same. They all yeah. everybody argues about the same things. Yeah, although I think they argue about more stuff because because um, they've got nothing else to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. basically. Um, oh, to be in to even just try. That reminds me, actually. You know how we always used to give like film and TV recommendations. Mm. So I've got an amazing brand new big massive telly for this new flat, and we watched a Netflix film called The Platform. It's a Spanish film. It's about like you go, you're at different levels. You, you it's kind of like a prison, and food goes down each level, and. Oh, is that is it been out quite a while? Oh, yeah, it's been out a couple yeah, of years. It was really good. It reminded me there the people at the top kind of like threw themselves off into the food. No, like threw themselves into down the food. into the food. <laughs> I, can I need some food. I'll throw myself into it. Oh, threw themselves off because the in like to kill themselves because they had no um. Because they've got no, all of their needs are taken care of, which reminded me a bit that I know it's a bit drastic, but when you said about the housewives who've got everything, so they argue over everything, it reminds me of that. But it was such a good film. Have you watched it? No, I remember. Um, oh, one night months ago, you know, you know, when you're clicking through and looking for, you know, watching the trailers. Why are you doing the Adams family there? Watching the trailers. And I remember thinking, oh, is that the sort of film I want to watch tonight? It was quite stressful. Mm. Especially with me. I keep bugging how good my new flat is, but especially with me, my new cinema style speakers as well. <laughs> oh, what did we watch on Saturday night after after me having my COVID jab? I don't know. You do know because you said, I don't believe you guys have watched oh, that. Songbird. Songbird. You what know, is why is it called that? I don't know, but there's a reason. Have you noticed there's no films about the Spanish flu? Mm. There's a reason for it. It's because it was crap. Nobody wants to see films about COVID, especially when we're not even out of it. I just oh. think it's death. Well, I've got to say, I don't know about you, we haven't watched Netflix much lately. Yeah, I think that look, the disappointment on Mum's face, it's like first world. Pro- we haven't been able to find I've anything. Got, I've got quite a few things that I've been watching. I don't even know. How, if, yeah, I'm not going there. I'm watching it, but I'm watching um, Married at First Sight. Yeah. Other, other um, seasons, shall we say? Yeah. Uh, and I'm hooked on that. One of them has about 39 episodes. So I think I've been watching that on a night for about the last three weeks. Um, so Netflix isn't really a thing other than when I come together with your dad on a Friday night or a Saturday night, we decide we're going to watch something. So anyway, Saturday night, after I had my jab, opened a bottle of Fizz like we do into Fizz lately. And... Um, we were looking for a movie, Netflix, straight away, thumbs down. What's gone on with Netflix? I just do not know. Like, I think there's a bit of a content hole, you know, due to the pandemic. More. Yeah. <laughs> when it was so good this time last year when we first went into lockdown. So anyway, it's not it's not been our um, favourite place to go to at the minute. So we looked on Amazon, started flicking through. I said to your dad, oh, I fancy a bit of a laugh. Okay, let's have a look through. So what did we land on? Songbird? About the about COVID, like three years on from now. Um, set in LA. Where they COVID just, 24 or whatever it's called. COVID 23. Oh. So they just um, 
So basically, they come and kill you if you don't do as you're told once you've got it, um, which is, yeah, great. But there was quite some interesting um, quite some interesting sort of little concepts that I thought, oh, I could see that happening. So, for example, the courier comes to you either to deliver a parcel or to collect one. There's like a little vacuum sealed um, hole in the wall of your house near your front door. And it's sort of like air control because it makes that noise when it opens, you know, like when something's something's a vacuum seal. I can't make the noise, but you know what I mean? So when when either the courier opens it to put a parcel in or collect one and vice versa. And I thought, yes, could see that because the couriers have been the ones that have been kept busy through it all, haven't they? Um, And it's about the story of a courier. He's actually immune. So he wears this special band to say that he's immune. And we've touched on this, haven't we, about, you know, people wearing things to say that they're immune and whatever. And what, how would that, would there be a black market for all of those things and stuff? So there were, were quite some interesting little snippets, some little insights that you thought, oh, I could imagine that happening. Maybe not the banging down your door to shoot you if you if you didn't take your oxygen test or whatever via your phone on a morning. Um but yeah, basically that's what we watched. How how happy was that? And would you recommend the film? Do you know? I sort of think I recommended it to somebody on Instagram because when I shared it on my stories, she, she asked whether it was any good, and I was like, mm, "Any good? Uh, you know." And that's subjective, isn't it? What one person finds rubbish, another person finds fantastic. So, well, my review is it's one of the worst films I've seen in the past five years. So, oh. <laughs> Well, I saw the name Michael Bears, the producer or director. Whatever. It doesn't mean a good thing. Do you remember those, do you remember those Transformers films, Mum? Yeah, your brother said there was only the first one was any good. Yeah. 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 Well, okay. Well, that's, that's, how, that's how bad the channels were for me this weekend, that we ended up watching that. Mm, I see. Comes to something, isn't there, when you're scooting through the whole of Netflix and Amazon and you can't find anything to watch. Doesn't that mean something about how much TV we've all watched? Yeah. Mm. I mean, I'm still just going on. If I've got time to fill, I'll just go, keep going with The West Wing. Season five out of seven, I'm on. So, Right, shall we move on? Mm-hmm. If you can't advertise your own business in your own podcast, when can you? As you may have guessed, Mum and I are the founding directors of The Digital Gene. We're a web design, e-commerce and software development agency that designs and builds powerful digital solutions to your problems. There's nothing out of the box here. We're fully bespoke. We love what we do and it's reflected in the websites and software we deliver. So another thing that we've both watched... Um, and something that's really kind of stuck with me is the Channel 4 Caroline Flack documentary. Um, and I will preface this that, um, you know, we are going to probably talk about some mental health things. So, um, and I will put some telephone. Like trigger warning and stuff. Yeah, like a trigger warning. And I will put some numbers in the show notes just I in case. I realise that that's a thing that people are saying. It's a trigger warning. I think it well. It's an inclusive thing. Some people can't listen to people having a conversation about suicide if they're in it, can they? So, of course, yeah. It's funny, isn't it? How once these things start happening, you think, "Oh, that makes sense." Yeah, why haven't we done that before for anything mm. in life? Yeah. Mm. So, my my one of my main take takeaways from it, regardless of what she went through and. Obviously, she, she'd had struggles before and she'd attempted to take her own life um, when relationships had broken down and and things like that. But one of the main things that I got from it was social media is really, really cruel, isn't it? And oh. I just I just yeah. think, is it how do we address this issue? Because in one way, there was all that hashtag be kind um, movement after. Mm. Which I do think obviously is important, but human beings naturally gossip, naturally do say some horrible things. We can't ever get to a stage where I don't think, I don't think we can ever get to a stage where you can't tweet an opinion on Twitter of a public figure because (laughs) 
we just live in a world where you can't really have an opinion. So I thought, is it all about, do we have to make people more resilient? The other side of it, do we have to make, do we have to equip people to deal with social media trolling? And I know that sounds awful and we shouldn't have to, but is it just being realistic? It's like a, a, a fact of life. So, you know, like in school when we did like, well, it was, there was like sex education and other parts of life studies that you did every, very, very minimal, <laughs> which mm. is when you think about it. But should there also, there might be some in the curriculum now because social media has exploded even since I left school. But has it, has it, like, do we need to help people deal with social media? Because I don't see it. I don't see social media ever changing. So they say that they should, you should now, you can't, you shouldn't just be able to open a Twitter account without verifying it. At least have some steps of authenticity. So you're not just this, you know, someone without a photo who can just say awful things to someone. But do public figures just need to know that if you're going to be on telly or you're going to be seen by millions of people, you have to prepare yourself for it. And I think many of them are, aren't they? But, like, I knew nothing about the... I, I watched it, and I, I knew nothing about the way that they, her and Ollie Murs were trolled. I didn't know about that. It's not... I remember... What, I, I remembered it was weird watching it because I remembered them not being very successful when they got moved from Extra Factor to X Factor. Mm-hmm. I do remember that, but I didn't obviously remember They're just... They like, should die and, like... Oh, no. It's and, mad, and obviously, Ollie was able to cope with it better. I'm not saying he coped. We don't. We don't know. He never really shared much of how he coped with it. But obviously, he coped with it better than Caroline did. But it looks on the on the surface, looking in, it's that weird thing about fame, isn't it? How people crave fame, and then it's almost like she played cat and mouse. She wanted to be everywhere where the press and whatever could see her. She craved that attention, but but some of it she couldn't take, quite rightly, because people are wicked. Um, mm. But nobody should have to, you know, and obviously that, person, that public persona that anybody gives is not always the persona at home. And that, yeah. was, that was very clear, wasn't it, what her mum and her sister, you know, shared with, with everybody about how she she'd struggled for a long, long time, um, and and I felt for her that like she never wanted when it and she'd self harmed before, but she didn't want anybody to know that because if you some people are massive oversharers and don't mind talking about things, but if you think that it's going to affect your job and your livelihood, um. People just hold things back, don't they? And I know we say, oh, we're much more able to speak about mental health now, but are we really? I know, I know more of us do. I know it's, it, you know, it, it's not really frowned on in the same way, but, but I'm not sure if it's, if it's as all encompassing and great as we want it to be. Don't know whether I'm using the right words there, just thinking about it, but. Just so sad, and at the same time, and there's the night before or the night after, watching the one with um, Roman Kemp about his friend. Yeah, it's just so sad, and like literally, he was the happiest one in their friendship group on the outside, and they had no clue. You know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's- Funny old world, isn't it? But people can be so, so cruel. And you just wonder what pleasure they get from it. What pleasure they get from voicing their so-called opinions like this. Yeah. Trying to take people down on their looks and their... And and all you ever get back is, well, you put yourself there, you should expect that. But should you? Should you? What What's the degree at which you should expect back? I think you should be able to tweet your opinions on. Well, should you really? Because, like, why do you even... You know, say somebody's ugly. No, no. Like, but why do you oh, even... Tweet? Should die. 
well, of course not. But why do you even tweet opinions anyway? Just for other people to see and like. And it's just this whole new society that we're in. But I just felt it also stunk of misogyny as well. Because she got it a lot worse than... It's a uh, minute. Like, she lost her job, like, the next day, didn't she? Yeah. Yeah, like, they didn't even know at that point what had actually fully happened. She had been charged, though. It wasn't not guilty. It isn't, no, but it if you're charged, it means that they're probably got in evidence. Yeah, I mean it's when the when that photo linked in the press of the bedroom, I just thought these red tops are just the scum. I don't know how anybody reads. I know we all like to gossip and we all like a bit of you know and they are basically just gossip columns, really, the full paper. But when they put that on the front of the paper, and it turns out it was her own blood, not not her boyfriend. Oh, it's like some of the pictures that they were printing about, you know, when, people, when yeah. people used to go on about how the term we would use now was a cradle snatcher, you know, some of the lads that she was dating and whatever. And, <laughs> and like, then the pictures, and, and her friend said, what basically what they're saying is that she was a whore. That's what they're trying to say. Yeah. You just think, God, would it ever be the same if it was an older man going out with a younger woman? It is misogyny. All of these things, all of these organisations, unfortunately, those people haven't died out yet. They haven't been replaced yet. Yeah. You hope that as younger generations of of heads of big organisations come through, that things will change. Um. But we touched on it last week, the age I am, you know, from from me, you know, working and being a woman, obviously, throughout all this time. I feel as if very little has changed. It's just wrapped up as other things these days. Yeah. Like the, the misogyny and the hatred and the public slamming, you know, was was there for Caroline, just wrapped up differently. Yeah. Sometimes it's sometimes it's very very blatant and explicit, and sometimes it's very under the radar. But wh- whichever way it is, it's still happening. Um, and just so heartbreaking for a, a mom and a sister. You know, to, they were really brave to get on and do that. They were well. really brave because you know a year's nothing when you've lost somebody. Mm, especially with this year when nothing's happened, I imagine you're still pretty much like in the the grief process. Like I'm saying you probably can't even begin to move on when you're not even really allowed to get on with your life at the minute either. So, yeah. It and was, it, was, it was just the same for, the, you know, that documentary with Roman Kemp. You just like them feeling so helpless. He was, you know, a friend that they saw on a regular basis, part of their friendship group. And you just think, how do you not? How how do you not know that? Um, I mean, your dad's had people, you know, that he knows that literally on the outside have looked okay, and then they've gone and yeah done something terrible and killed themselves when they'd just been at a really nice event or a happy occasion or something. I don't know whether sometimes that happiness brings out the, you know. You you're feeling the opposite, so it really magnifies it. Yeah, yeah like lack of hope, and when you when you're in that situation, because sometimes when you see that people have done it, and you go, "Well, they were just at a party, or they were just at a wedding, or they were," you know, sometimes they're often at a happy happy place, aren't they? And you think, "Why?" But whether that magnifies that, as you say, but it yeah. also makes you think how or how seemingly people do it so quickly to us as outsiders, like one minute they're there and the next minute they're gone. But we all know how we can hide things, don't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very, yeah. very complex creatures. But I'd recommend the documentary for anybody who feels like, um, yeah, I mean, even if you didn't really watch Love Island or you didn't really follow a career, it's quite shocking to see how people are trapped by the red tops and it's just I don't know you hear a piece of news don't you mm-hmm. you hear she's assaulted a, her boyfriend and I know obviously assault is terrible but there's so much it's not always just black and white either is it 
Like, you can't just take something at face value and just believe that that's, you know, and formulate your opinion on it. I think maybe it's more important to just go, I don't have an opinion on it because why should I? Because I don't, I don't know the situation. I don't know what's happened. So I'm certainly not going to tweet about what I think that she's done or it's just mm. ridiculous. Um, anyway, let's move on. So, um, 2021 every 10 years we have a census in england um it's in england wales and northern ireland but obviously the scottish have decided to do it differently and delay it for a year now i always say the scottish will do anything differently just to be scottish at the minute um but there's a reason why they reckon they've done it and it's probably quite a good reason so the census asked us where do we go to work how do we travel and you have to give a snapshot of pretty much your life on that day or the day before. Um, so the might this will be a real snapshot into um, how life has been during a lockdown, really. You know where I hope they don't use it as <laughs> to cut um, transport links and all sorts because the if they looked at the census and saw that. Everyone was working at home, and they used the the data that they wouldn't they'd get rid of all the trains and all sorts of things. Um, so there are the the probably should have maybe delayed it till next year, like the Scots did. But um, it's fascinating to to get that snapshot and the, some of the new questions. Um, I'm actually reading a book about the history of Britain, which isn't me at all. But they oh, use is it a, is it. A- a thick book or? No, they just used the census data. So in 19, oh, oh, early nine, early 20th century, they asked you on the census if you were a lunatic. Um, oh, what was it? A lunatic, an idiot or something else. And I just think it's so funny how we... Did you tweet about that? Yeah. yeah how I think we I was doing it as a tweet. Mm. Uh, we, how we change you do see me tweets don't you but you never you never like engage on twitter you do you it's not my favorite platform so oh in 1871 the, like the census asked if you were an idiot or an imbecile but um obviously you did yours then is that is that how, somehow linked to me that oh, <laughs> i'm just saying the census has been done i and Am I breaking the law by saying somebody else did it for me? No. Oh, no. Okay. Um, so your dad burst into the room. I'm breaking the law. Correct. Burst into the bedroom on Sunday morning because obviously he's always up about ten hours before me, and uh, starts asking me. I didn't know where I was. Starts asking me all these, all these random questions. What like? Well, that we're on it. Like, are, are you? What's your job title? Oh, right. Somebody coming in when you just sort of... Your eyes have just opened. And saying, what's your job title? Couldn't you waited until you got up? Your dad can never wait. Once something's in his in his mind and he's doing it. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, you, you, he was going around us all, knocking on the bedroom doors, knocked on mine, knocked on your brother's, then went down to your grandma's room. <laughs> he did He did us all. Um. So I, I, I didn't really get to see many of the questions, apart from that he mentioned about the sexual orientation was on there. Which is a great thing. Well, but it was, what you put me down as? It's great that they're asking that, but it was funny when I rang up the other day. And what did Grandma say? She said, I don't know why they need to know that. I think it's ridiculous. And she just didn't get yeah was a good thing for them to ask so they can um obviously know what people need yeah the the yeah. health and all sorts of things well it was interesting I've re- I read a couple of pieces actually that said that it's quite hard for some young people who will identify as potentially LGBT but the parents don't know so they can't put it down on the census so there are there are other things but I think the positives of the masking it outweigh the negatives of yeah, and apparently it, it's against the law not to complete it. It is. You get a thousand pound fine. I just wondered how how do they police that? I think they're quite strict on it. 
They can't make people wear a mask, but they can get you for that. Yeah, I don't know. But I think they ring you up if you haven't completed it. Say, hello? <laughs> you haven't completed your form. <laughs> What was that all about? I don't know what that was. That was meant to be my interesting to see. That was meant to be my official type jobs with voice. Did it work? Not really, no. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, um, it'll be interesting to see the data because it'll be the the 2021 snapshot will be a real reflection of a lockdown, won't it? And what we were all doing. Mm. Um, Right. let's, Let's move on then. Did you know that a web app might be the solution to some of the problems created by the coronavirus pandemic? With working from home, Zoom meetings and baking banana bread at lunchtime now commonplace, it's expected that we'll never see a total return to how things were. There's never been a better time to utilise a web app for your business. They can be accessed via a URL 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. They increase security and streamline systems. Head on over to the News and Insights section of our website to read our latest blog post for more info, thedigitalgene.co.uk. So a quick little tidbit was, in the last episode we discussed um, digital clothes and mum sent me, I don't know if she sent me because she thinks I'm going to buy them. Um but uh, Gucci, well, I do like Gucci, don't Well, I've got one Gucci ring, and that's me saying I like Gucci. Um, but they are selling virtual shoes. Do you want to tell us a bit more? Yeah, well, it was because we were talking last time, weren't we, about virtual clothing? Yeah. And, and we were sort of laughing and saying, oh, that's, you know, that's what you look like in the virtual world. It's a bit, can you imagine having an app? Can you imagine having an app that had all your avatars on it of how you could look? And then if they got like the Sims, and then actually you're you're sat behind the screen at home, nothing like that, with your PJs on, <laughs> um, and and just literally just after the last episode, this popped up for me, and I thought, wow, that's interesting. So Gucci have made their first virtual sneakers available for the bargain price. Of seventeen ninety nine dollars, that is. Luxury brands' first digital shoes can be worn only in virtual or augmented worlds online, but some believe the concept will take off across fashion. And that's exactly what we were talking about last time. So if that's the only way you could have something Gucci, I'm asking, would you have it? Not really. Not me either? Like, who's going <laughs> to... Like I just think it's why would you want them just virtually? Like a pet, I don't. It's just a gimmick. I mean, it doesn't cost. What would that be in the UK? About twelve quid. So the right. shoes are Gucci's first digital model, but the brand is not new to the world of in-app purchases. The fashion house already sells digital arcade games in its app, and in January began offering AR functionality, allowing customers to virtually try on sneakers and watches. So that's more what it's about, isn't it? It's a way in which you can actually shop and and know what something's going to look up like on you without you actually having to leave the house. Well, like when some like furniture things have been doing it, where you can see what your sofa will look like in a certain spot, haven't they? Yeah. That's more what it's like, isn't it? Hey, I can understand that. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the way that they catch the headlines is that you know we were talking last time about um, you know virtual models on the catwalk and things like that. Basically, doing away with it, with the doing away with the real thing, whether that's physical things or whether that's actual people, because yeah. everybody else, like we said, is going to be sat at home with the jam jar goggles on from too much screen viewing, um, really, really fat because all we do is stuff our faces and we don't go outside <laughs> and we live our lives virtually through the screen. It's but it's, hey, at least we've got Gucci shoes on. Well, yeah, at least we look fabulous in the virtual world. Yeah. Um, but that's is exactly Wally, Pixar's Wally coming coming to life. 
You're obs- you must bring that up nearly every episode, yeah. Because don't you think it, over this last year, you know, the virtual world has become a thing that we all explore more and more. And I just think that's, I don't know how long it'll take, but I just feel that's the way of the world, the way the world's well, going. I don't. The world will be so polluted, we won't be able to go outside. I don't, Mum. <laughs> Mum, the things are changed. People can't wait to get back out. It's not as if we've all accepted this lockdown and gone, actually. No, we haven't accepted it. We've like been forced to do it. And if the planet decides to tell us that we can't go outside because of pollution or whatever, then this will become more of our reality, spending longer periods of time indoors. Harsh Awful. winters where we can't go outside. Awful. Um, well, we won't be alive for it. Well, I might. You won't be. I don't mean it's going to happen in your lifetime. Certainly not in mine and definitely probably not in yours, but I'm thinking of the future. I think okay. I should write a book, don't you? I should write oh, a book. You had you told me you'd started a book and when I questioned, really? you, uh, when I questioned you further, you'd wrote 50 words. I heard that's just, isn't that starting a book? No, you've got to start somewhere, but I was expecting to read it. Oh. You won't write until you can take your foot off the gas business wise and you can do it then. Mm-hmm. So you may as well just not stop stop talking about it, really. Anyway, so let's move on. I can't click on this link because for some reason it's not working for me. So would you like to give us some? New trends in e-commerce, please. Oh, I would, because you know how much I love e-commerce. Um, I do, yeah. yeah. You know, it's been part of my uh, work life now for such a long time. And um, it was time. an article. Sorry? Time. 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 <laughs> it was an art- article that popped up um, on the NatWest Business Hub. Um, and, yeah, some great insights there into what's going to happen. And... Basically, what they're saying is all of the change that has happened is here to stay. Um, will people actually revert, you know, footfall back to stores in the numbers that they once were? Um, retail economics research has found that almost a third of people reporting they were likely to change permanently the way they shopped as a result of COVID-19. And there's been an absolute step change in the industry. Some customers will revert to old shopping habits but a considerable portion will remain won over by the online shopping journey. We expect it to be a permanent shift for some parts of the sector. Um, and it's just really interesting to think that, you know, once once we've got people over the line doing more things online that they want him to stay. But what is interesting is that shopping online has got to be so much more than just a click and putting something in your shopping basket what people it wants to do from the research that they've been carrying out. People want to shop, but they want to get advice and they want to get inspiration. And I guess that's why there's been such a growth surge with Instagram as well and DIYs and interior bloggers and things like that. That's the bit that online needs to um, needs to sort of marry up. Do you know what I mean? More of more of that so that it's 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 about an experience. Um, when I yeah. Online, do you think online is possible now for the real small businesses? Because I wonder if COVID will shift consumers towards trying to support local, which is fantastic. But I always worry that they just don't have the the manpower to... I know there's likes of Shopify and WooCommerce that you can get pretty easily started on. But do you think there's some restrictions if you're a really small little micro business or not anymore? It's like I've always thought the same. You've got to be really savvy. You've got to be adaptive and proactive. You've got to – I think anybody can make a space for themselves if – if they've got an appetite to, I know people say, oh, you need to spend a lot of money online to do things. And yeah, money always helps. But if if you are a creative person and you're consistent with whatever strategy that you put together and you find that people enjoy what you do and building on that, you can't literally just turn a website on with a load of products on it and go, where is everybody? You've, you've actually, 
you've actually never really been able to do that, but more now so than ever because, you know, it's a crowded world, isn't it? Because that's the only way for the last year that the vast majority of people have been able to sell anything. So mm-hmm. you've you've got to stand out. <clears throat> what I've always done when I had my own business online um, and what I've all the advice that I've always given people since is to emulate wherever possible that you can, you know, somebody, whether it's even in your space or whether it's somebody in a completely different space, but you think they do something really well to take adapt bits and pieces of that and try to replicate it yourself in, in your very own small way. You know, I see some brilliant um, people on Instagram, you know, on stories showcasing their products every day, putting them, you know, if, the, if they sell interiors, gifts, showcasing what they look like in their own houses. Um, if they're selling clothes, you know, trying them on themselves, saying, what do you think of this? This is how I've put this outfit together. This this is a lockdown vibe. This will be nice when we're going out. You know, it's with everything, it's storytelling. It's always been about storytelling. And I think e-commerce is developing so that it's much more than just putting something in your shopping basket and clicking out because a lot of that can just be price driven. Mm. And I certainly, obviously I love a bargain like anybody else, but I also like when a, when a brand or a store gives me something more, gives me something extra, um, you know, and it's just finding ways to tap into that. And you can, as long as you understand totally your customer, who your customer is, what they look like, what they do, you know, how much they spend, how regularly they shop, the type of things that they embrace. You've got to understand your customer and then feed them, basically. Feed me. I thought I'd just let you go away with that. But, yeah, e-commerce is exciting. It's not going anywhere. I just I want to see more competition. I, w- I don't just want everyone to just think Amazon than the big retailers because it just should be. More competitive. My experience yesterday. So I wanted a cushion. Okay. I wanted a cushion. And this particular cushion was on a very well known retailer's website. And I couldn't find it anywhere else. And the price I was quite happy to pay wasn't too expensive, wasn't too cheap. I was happy to pay because I really wanted it. And um, so tried to buy it. And it said that my payment type wasn't supported. A Halifax bank card, of course, supported. Um, it also said that I couldn't use my browser, Google Chrome. Uh, hello, where are we these days when a browser in a retail store online can't be supported using Google Chrome? Like, what world are we in? Yeah. So they obviously realize that they have a problem because at the bottom they've inputted a message to say, please try another browser. So if you didn't know about this world that we navigate around, what would you do? Imagine your dad or your grandma and it says, please, you know, we always use these as a as an example, don't we? Please try another browser. Try another browser. What do they mean? Yeah. Um, so I went into Safari, inputted it all in Safari, managed to check out. But the friction that that caused, I like to talk about frictionless e-commerce, like not putting, like what barriers was that? And this is a very famous brand. What barriers was that putting in place to me just wanting to buy a cushion from them? So after I'd made the purchase, I decided, you know me, I got on one, decided to ring them up and I said, "Um, I've managed to check out now, but the problem that you've got saying you don't support the browser when I was using Google Chrome and and she said, oh, yes, it is a bit of a glitch. We're aware of it. So I said, well, would you just have been able to take my, purchase over the phone if safari hadn't worked for me oh no we're not allowed to do that so if somebody doesn't understand what what you actually mean what do you do uh uh, i'm sorry i'll just report it to the to the um, web team Mm. that was it so how many customers are falling off there because they don't understand what's happening yeah um that's that's bad if they know they have a problem that should be fixed Yeah, you would think their web team, their dev team, whoever it is who's built that, I think it was Magento, um, 
So somebody's built it on the Magento platform. You think they'd be all over that to get that fixed because that is friction. And the sales that they could be losing over that are just phenomenal. But I, I really we went to buy solutions. I decided to open Safari and, and I managed to get it. But like, oh yeah, because you knew what you were doing now. Yeah. So, and talking about payment providers, you put Stripe's valuation on the list as well. Wow! Well, so I did, didn't I? You did. Yeah. Can't remember what it was valued at. Ninety-five billion. And do you know what made me laugh about it? I know I put it on a paywall for you so you couldn't see it, but I've, I've put another um, example in the show notes there. What made me laugh about it? The two young guys, and they're still only in their very early, I think, 31, 32, something like that. When I when I actually started to read the article, I was like, they're babies. They look like babies, and they've got a company that's valued at $95 billion. Mm. Huh? How amazing is that? And you know, we obviously we we I jumped on that article because Stripe is is one of the payment providers that we often talk about. You know, when people are saying to us when we're building their sites, you know, what payment provider? Um, we always say it's one of the easiest. You know, it's it's got fairly decent rates when you're just starting out, and um, it's one of the easiest to implement to integrate. They've done. They've done a lot of good things, you know. That that makes it very sort of usable and saleable. Um, but they're only aged now. They're two Irish brothers, Patrick and John Collison, and they're only aged now thirty-two and thirty. And what's obviously driven that valuation is the move for everybody to be online in the last year. Yeah. So how phenomenal is that? Ninety-five billion. I'm trying to find them on LinkedIn, but they don't seem to... Almost tripled in the last year, surpassing those achieved by even Facebook and Uber before they went public. I mean, that's some... Mad. They've ridden the wave of e-commerce growth with more than 200,000 new companies in Europe signing up to the platform since the start of the pandemic. They handled almost 5,000 requests a second in 2020. Stripe itself is now bigger by payment volumes than the entire e-commerce market was when we started working on Stripe. Wow. They've got headquarters. Obviously, they started in Dublin, but San Francisco, obviously, they've gone to the Silicon Valley as well. I've just seen a picture of one of the brothers. They look younger than my brother. I know. That's what I thought. How fresh-faced and young they look. Um, They literally, like, they've they've just gone to uni, never mind left uni. Yeah, John, his brother, which is the younger one, who's 30, was the youngest self-made billionaire in 2016. How amazing. Can't even imagine being a billionaire. <laughs> so if we, if we were going to continue along the lines of getting people on the podcast who are genetically connected, they'd be good guests, wouldn't they? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Why would they come on this little thing? Well. We don't just want anybody on here, Declan. We don't. We don't. We, don't. So, we do have the... Musk was an early investor, so there you go. It's when you get investors, isn't it? It is. It is. It's who you know, isn't it, as well? A lot of it. Always. Always. Well, we're coming up to an hour, so do you want to just quickly cover this email hack? Do yeah. I want to? Do I want to? <laughs> No, I tell you why it caught my eye, because as a remote business, we've been talking a lot the last couple of weeks about um, protection and security for our own businesses working remotely. And it it, it it drove a conversation, didn't it? I think at one of our Monday morning meetings, I don't know if it was this week or last week, about, you know, how secure are our remote businesses? Mm-hmm. You know, when they're all working for, We've we've all just sort of rocked up, plugging our laptops into our systems at home, and obviously we've been putting things in place to firewall and protect us as a business. Um, and it just that just popped up at the same time. You know, when you're talking about topics and you think, "Oh, right, email threats," and um, we've said often, haven't we, about clients sending us specific things over email? We'd rather that they didn't. Mm. Um, and yeah, that, that just popped up and I thought, oh, very interesting. So hundreds of UK companies have been compromised as part of a global campaign linked to Chinese hackers. Um, and this was on the 11th of March. This was reported on the BBC website. 
whether it was on the news that day or not, I don't know. It comes as governments around the world warn organisations to secure their systems. The UK's National Cyber Security Centre has joined US authorities in issuing warnings about the hack, but says it is still assessing the situation for UK businesses. Um, the hacking campaign was first announced by Microsoft on the 2nd of March and blamed on a Chinese government-backed hacking group called Hafnium. Microsoft said the group were using four never-before-seen, never-before-seen hacking techniques to infiltrate the email systems of US companies. The race is now on. Cyber researchers have also confirmed that they detected multiple groups likely to be based in China using the exploit in different waves. Something called a web shell. A web shell is a piece of computer code that can act like a backdoor into a computer network. And me with my, I was like thinking, smashing the back doors. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I thought, I'll just throw it in. Whenever I see the phrase back door, it's like when it's trying to get in the back door, I can't help but think of. Um, oh, Keith Lemon. Yeah. Oh, my God. I zoned out a bit there, and then you. I thought you were zoned out. I thought I'm just going to wake him up now and say it's like smashing the back doors in. Oh my god! Just for for a bit of context. (laughs) Mm. So yeah, not safe anywhere. We all think we're safe in our little cocoons, don't we? Whether that's at home or in the office, we all think, "Oh, it'll never happen to us," and invariably, boom, it does. Yeah, those pesky. Chinese hackers, they're always... Web shells. Yeah. Back doors in. <laughs> and on that note, are we done? Are we done? Are we done? I think so. I don't think you brought anything to that table, did you? Well, it makes a change. I thought, do you know what? After last time, I thought, he's, he's, you're always having a go at me saying, it's always me who does the show notes. And I thought... Well, I, taught, I brought the doc- Caroline Flack documentary. <laughs> different bits, but... But I just thought I'm going to be super prepared this week. I'd actually been collecting those bits of news since the last episode. And I thought I'm trying to get onto that that sort of um, that way of thinking that, oh, I'll save that for the podcast instead of Declan telling me off. I'll tell you what's really good. Oh, if my God. What is the last 10 minutes of these podcasts? Before we go, if we're talking about really good programs to watch, I've never seen it before, but apparently it's season two, something like episode six. The DNA Journey on yeah. ITV last night <gasps> it was so good. It's a bit like Ancestry meets Who Do You Think You Are? Um, and I thought it was like, your dad and I just thought it was brand new, but when we looked at season two, but again, it was the Kemps. It was Roman Kemp and his dad. They, I said, their PR machine is working amazing. Somebody must have said to them, we're going to put you everywhere. <laughs> Look and behold, they are everywhere. But it's about them looking back through um, his mum and dad's DNA to find family members. And they met cousins up in Newcastle that they didn't know they had. Um, But it was the banter between um, Martin and Roman. I just, I don't know whether you saw on my stories last night. I said, this reminds me of how your dad is with, um, with, with you two boys. Like that banter that goes on between you. And he said, Roman said about how... For a point, we acted like brothers. He said, and then I'm now like your dad. And then you were like a little kid. Now you're turning more like into a toddler. <laughs> and I just thought, that's how it goes, doesn't it? How relationships change. You start looking after us. Yeah. Um, and it, it was just so cute to see the banter going on. And it reminded me of you and your brother and your dad. So, but aside from that, because I'm recommending people watch it, but they don't know us. But I think people can relate is what I'm saying. It was it was good. It was interesting and it was funny. And we've also got, hopefully that's going to be released, we've actually been asked, well, we've done it. We've we- been asked on a podcast um, um, and it was, it's a bit similar. They speak to people in business that have got some form of relationship, whether it's mother and son like us or... Um, we don't speak to anybody. It's not similar in that way. We only speak to each other. No, but just the mum and son vibes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we'll post that out as well. Um, yeah, we had good fun on that last, was it? This last week. Thursday, last Thursday, wasn't it? Oh, God, I don't know what time is anyway. Ooh, doesn't it only feel like it was on Tuesday that we were yeah. on that? Yeah. 
Yeah. Yes, we're done. So we're done because Declan wants to get away. But you know you're scraping the barrel when you go to start watching ITV. So that's what I would say. I didn't even know it was on ITV. Your dad told me about it, and I actually don't normally watch those regular channels anymore, but it was a good a good show. Okay, thank you. All right. I'm not on commission, by the way. Thank you for listening to this episode of the It's In The Jeans podcast. You can follow us both on Twitter. I'm at Declan Williams underscore and mum is... Before enders. We are at It's In The Jeans pod on Insta and on Twitter. It's In The Jeans pod. You can also follow our business across socials at The Digital Gene. Please like, share and write review for this podcast. See ya. Take care, everyone. Bye. Bye.